<laughs> Should have done it then. I'm going to mix that together, the Terry Gross thing. Yeah. Into mixed up <laughs> confusion. Can't I mean, I wonder if John's still here. Maybe. Man, and it's a killing me. There's just too many people. And they're all too hard to please. I mean, I did it this time. We have few shticks now. I know. And that has to be the one that remains. Well, I did it, so there you go. All right, welcome to a very special episode of Mixed Up Confusion. This is Thursday. The way you said that made me feel like we were about to learn a moral lesson. (laughs) Well, I think we're about to learn a lot of moral lessons here today. I'm blowing down this road, dusty road. I'm a blowing down this old, dusty road. I'm a blowing down this old, dusty road. Lord, Lord, and I ain't gonna be treated this way. I'm a going where the water tastes like wine. I'm a going where the water tastes like wine. I'm a going where the water tastes like wine. Lord, and I ain't gonna be treated this way. I wonder what we're talking about today. The Dust Bowl. The Dust Bowl. So on Monday, we learned all about Woody Guthrie. We did. All the stuff we just never knew before, ever. Sure. And now we get to put all of that information into action. He was a part of the Dust Bowl, as you said. He went to California to try to make a living, as so many other Okies did. What's an Okie? What is the Dust Bowl? What are we doing here? Kelly. Well, Daniel, I watched a four-minute video on YouTube, so let me tell you about the Dust Bowl. (laughs) It was a severe period of drought and dust storms throughout the 1930s. The Great Plains region of America had been found to be unsuitable for agriculture by the earliest of North American explorers, and they even started calling it the Great American Desert. However, well, no, because (laughs) there are no trees and no green, but people started fucking moving there anyway, right after the Civil War and planting shit because they believed rain would follow the plow. That's like a That's saying. That's a saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rain will follow the There's block. a great uh, book that I just finished uh, called Badlands um, about uh, early settlement in Montana. And that was a, re- a lot of people mm-hmm. moved to eastern Montana, which is just plains Same as far thing. as the eyes can see. Huge sky. The, yeah, because they really believe that, that. The rain follows the plow. Why would you think that? You didn't know anything else. You didn't have any other meteorological tools. I think people just it's it's more of a hopeful saying, I think, than anything else. But if I set up camp here, God will provide. Oh, will if you build it, they would come. Yeah. Situation. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I think. You know, but I think uh, there there was a fa- actually a really famous uh, – I'm going to butcher all of this stuff because I don't know exactly. This is coming out of nowhere. Thanks, Kelly. Um, there was a, a famous almanac or whatever that they would sell um, to people, pr- prospective people that were going to go out and live out on the plains. And it tracked – you know, like the waterfall and all that, you know, the rainfall and things like mm-hmm. that. But it was – there wasn't enough data. You know, it, it was just all these rosier pictures than what it actually was. And people ended up not – Literally dying because well, of it. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But even the people who weren't a part of the the historic Dust Bowl uh, the way it was did suffer as well because they lived in places that just couldn't – couldn't – you couldn't – grow farms big enough to do anything but feed yourself you know yeah. you didn't have a way to make money but you thought you did because this guy collected rains for two years 
Yeah, I, mean, I get it's it. It's a different world. But yeah, the rain will fall the plow thing to me is not dissimilar to being like, I've noticed every time I wear a red sock, it rains. So there's no way that if I wear a red sock, it won't rain. Like, exactly. I, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Between 1900 and 1930, uh, we started developing better farming equipment, tractors, combines, mechanized plowing, and farm- farming land, as in, like, land that is farmable, <laughs> exploded. And there were five times more, like, acres, I guess, than there were in 1900 as they were in, in 1930s, so right before the 1930s. Uh, farmers were using really bad practices and stripped all of the soil of nutrients and did a lot of heavy plowing that led to erosion. Uh, tore up all the natural plants like all the natural plains grasses that held all the moisture and held the soil in place. And in 1930, the region had a huge decade-long drought. So this is just a perfect storm of terrible ideas. All the topsoil is fucking loose and eroded. All the natural plants are gone, so there's no water anywhere. Like it's not really an idea. Nobody did this um, as a thinking that it was going to be. No, they just didn't know. Yeah, no, they just this didn't is, know. Yeah. This is just how farming works. You plant stuff in the ground and it grows. And it grows. So, yeah. And this is flat and it's, it should be fine. Yeah, no, I'm not, I guess <laughs> yeah, it's I know, unfair. They didn't know any better. They didn't know. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. They just didn't know. And tractors too were pretty much brand new. And so you introduce these tractors that can get deeper than, um, you know, human people. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You, you've got a situation. That's going to go around. And you have so many people going there because so they're like, going. Oh, I guess it'll go this land, man. And now you have railroads and there's so many mm-hmm. ways for people to get to all these places too, yeah. So I don't know what Okies are, but I'm assuming there were people from, Oka, yeah, o- from Oklahoma. Oklahoma that were well, they're the people that left. Yeah, because that was the hardest hit place and they left yeah, to the region, to California. The region is the panhandle of Texas and Oklahoma, uh-huh. West Kansas, Colorado, and New Mexico. Yes. A million acres of Dust Bowl it's what that that million acres area right there. And if you listen to days. the Great Dust Storm, the very first song on this record, mm-hmm. uh, it's about as I mean historically accurate in terms of science, not yet, but uh, definitely lays out the landscape. Yeah. What a great intro song! Like, hello, well, I'm Woody Guthrie. Welcome to <laughs> the Dust Bowl Ballads. The Dust Bowl Ballads, <laughs> and it's I'm singing. It's in Kansas and New yep. Mexico. And, yeah, it's like a great song that just incorporates everything you need to know. That's basically to get what you this video is about. Yes. Uh, the topsoil and windstorms caused dust storm, caused dust storms. So like the topsoil is all loose and fucked up because there's no water anywhere and everything's been all torn up. Uh, that caused dust storms that stretch as far as Washington DC from the middle of the country, like the Western part of the country. Yeah. The dust storms were called black blizzards and some areas only got 15 inches of rain or less even in a year during that decade. Uh, the, the civilian conservation Corps. Uh, was created. Mm-hmm. They planted over 200 million trees from Texas to Canada in an attempt to block the wind and hold the soil. They taught farmers crop rotation, contour plowing, and how to terrace things. Mm-hmm. Farmers were paid a dollar an acre to practice conservation techniques, and by the end of the 1930s, uh, they saw dust reductions of about 65%, and when the rain returned, uh, 75% of the topsoil had already blown away. That's 75%. That's crazy. I mean, that's something that, you know, I'm sure only now they're recovering from in any tangible real way um you know and then for somebody that live i mean my family's from you know i was born in south dakota my family was in the dust bowl back in the day i mean they were on the fringes of it in iowa and in south dakota and that area ish nebraska same kind of uh like what's the word like we're not geographic but um oh, oh same land yeah. oh yeah same, physical land stuff. same stuff but 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 definitely way more fertile i mean yeah yeah, that's the thing, too, where everybody – when I moved to Kansas years ago, everyone was like, Kansas, you know, you have that Dust Bowl image, if you will, of like, 
trust planes forever. And it's like, no, Lawrence is, I mean, it's right off the Missouri River. It's just trees for days. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it really reminds me a lot of Portland. If somebody was just transplanted from Portland into Lawrence, it would be like being transported into Manassas. And they're just really beautiful, hilly enough places where you're not like, it, not everything's flat. You've got this huge river running through your town. Uh, you've got all these trees everywhere. It's beautiful. You go a little bit more down the road, I mean, an hour, then you're you're into that flatness. Mm-hmm. And that flatness is where you start to get that vertigo. And as somebody who's, you know, been to Woody Guthrie's hometown and seen the statue there and uh, gone, uh, the panhandle, I finished Harry Potter, the seventh book of Harry Potter, uh, on the panhandle of Oklahoma. So, <laughs> you know, I love Oklahoma. I love, I love everything about it. And... Um, it's crazy, you know. It's it really is just a pancake. The highest things in Tulsa's is on the highway where they have to build up uh, the mounds of earth to put a bridge over top of the freeways. It's everything is so flat. You can the see overpass. the whole town <laughs> over the overpass. Oh That's why they put McDonald's over them. So oh yeah, thanks, Will Rogers. Yeah, he's the famous. He was a like an old Western star, oh. like way back in the day. Hmm. He has a parkway named after him. Well, how about that? I had to pay a fine when there was fire. See, that's another thing, too. It's like those sort of disasters do happen. We talk a lot about forest fires here, but f- when a fire starts on a prairie, that shit will fuck you up. Like, I think it was either this year or last year, huge droughts in the panhandle where, like, far- houses, you wouldn't think that this house would even be affected by something, went down in the- dozens of homes across a prairie got burned to the ground wow. because you get that grass ignited it fucking goes in seconds yeah and so one of the first i think one of the first times i went to oklahoma uh was with my girlfriend at the time and we there's no tolls but they were tolling people to pay for the firefighting efforts Hmm. and we had no money so i had to give away one of my prized two dollar bills like really because at the time i only had really old ones and you can tell from the blue and the red ink which ones are older i still want to go back to this day and just be like give me back my two dollar bill <laughs> oh, that I gave God. you in two thousand six. I'm sure that'll work out for you. I'm sure it'll work out too. I'm sure Oklahoma's not strapped for cash. The place is kind of a disaster. Well, even if they weren't, I don't think they could track you. <laughs> <don't think>, that's <laughs> true. But they could give me one of equal value. <laughs> Anyways, continue, please. That was it. Oh yeah, that was it. I said the rain returned. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't lost any five percent of their topsoil. That was what it. more do you want? <laughs> that was it, and then it just the credits rolled. <laughs> so we well, just talked over the credits. Basically. To be fair, the last line was what you said, which is, and then it took years for the this the area to return to normal. Yeah, there you go. And what is normal even out right. there? Yeah, no, it's that's fair. Okay, yeah. So that is the Dust Bowl, and uh, yeah, I think that that's not as vivid a depiction of the Dust Bowl as Woody Guthrie gave us. No, his is much better. His is much better. Yeah. And I think that's the power of art. It's the power of music. Um, I feel a lot more, you know, I have, I have a couple of reminders in my own life just from my own, like my grandma, um, obviously wasn't like a fucking farmer in it. She was a kid, but she lived through great depression. She lived through mm-hmm. the dust bowl as well. And, or whatever was of the dust bowl. Again, she's not like in Oklahoma, so it's not that kind of crazy, um, situation, but yeah, you still have those tangential things, at least for now. I mean, that is slowly dying away you know in a couple of years we will not have people who lived during the dust bowl i mean i guess in, in in a way we don't have people that were like live adults during the dust bowl they are yeah. gone they would I mean, all they be would kids be or teenagers yeah. yeah everybody would be a child 
and that 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 is slowly going away. So so this is I think more vital than ever because it, it, Woody Guthrie does something really unique. I mean, a lot of people consider this the first concept album, and it's very conceptual. It's very it's telling a very specific story. On the fourteenth day of April of nineteen thirty-five. There struck the worst of dust storms that ever filled the sky. You could see that dust storm coming, the cloud looked death like black. And through our mighty nation, it left a dreadful track. From Oklahoma City to the Arizona line. Dakota and Nebraska to the lazy Rio Grande. It fell across our city like a curtain of black. Intentionally and because they have to be tonally similar. A lot of guitar and harmonica. Which, Bob Dylan, a lot of guitar and harmonica. Yeah. Just saying. Does he play harmonica on this? Yeah, there's a lot of harmonica on this. There's a lot? Yeah, at least, like, I've noticed it on at least three songs. At least three songs. Oh. But you know what? It I took me till like the know. fourth time listening it to really catch it. So maybe not a lot. There is harmonica though. Yeah. Because when I did finally tune in and hear it, yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, harmonica!" Yeah. But I saw a lot of pictures yeah. of him today with a harmonica. Yeah. Necklace. I right away I can't tell you the songs that would have had harmonica, although now I can vaguely hear it. But no. Uh, maybe I mentioned it on one specifically. Hang on a second. Well, I think when you talked about the way his guitar sort of gets flushed out over the years. And the way that Bob Dylan's is so vivid, I think that's kind of part of it too. Where yeah, it's hard to kind catch of all everything. Feeds into one another, which makes it, I think, more powerful. It's like mm-hmm. it's now like a mecca Guthrie. You know, he's like, yeah. I am part guitar, part harmonica, <laughs> part social <laughs> warrior. Like, it's great. I love yeah. it. I guess I didn't put it. I promise you, it's there. It must be on some of the later tracks, but I guess I didn't write it down. No, that's fair. That's fair. But well, let's get into the song. So, I mean, we brought up uh, the great dust storm. Uh, sort of kicks off our rendition. Uh, Like I said, I thought that was one of the best intros to this period that's possible. These songs provide tons for Bob Dylan, and that's just Bob Dylan. I mean, think of all the other artists out there in the world that are hearing some of these, like, little, like, minor flourishes and are like, yeah, I can do that. I can fucking play that. All the songs are really catchy. Um, They're all so sad. Like... Which you wouldn't expect from a Dust Bowl ballad. uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's true. The um, in talking Dust Bowl blues, the, he's talking about the the car. His Ford broke down when he's up the hill, and he just was like, "Fuck it, I guess I'll coast down the mountain." And then when he's like scattered wives and children all over the mountain, and he's just laughing like, "Whoops!" Uh, the politician reading through the stew thing, he uses that in another song too at the end of the record. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. That's a pretty sharp line. But that my line. grandma said that her father, I believe, either her father or her husband, my dad's father, at some point. It might have been my dad's father. Anyway, had a very similar story of them driving through the mountains, the Rocky Mountains, on their way to get to fucking Alaska, where they live for a little while, from somewhere else. This is a really bad story, so I don't know any of the places. <laughs> the point is, they're driving through the Rocky Mountain Range, yeah, and uh, the brakes went out. And oh, no. he, again, either my grandfather or great-grandfather. This person. I'm sorry, Grandma. I should have listened more when you were telling me <laughs> this story. Uh, they call they didn't call a friend like they were with a friend or something they basically had their car with the brakes out my family's car yeah had their friend uh drive in front of them and use their in bumper to bumper touching down the mountain 
like their friend would break and it would make their car stop because their bumper was against it the whole way down the mountain. That's not. And then it just made me think of that. I was like, what fucking insanity that people are like, well, got to get down it. It's like, you but the jack is too high, I can't get over. <laughs> so how to get over. Too low to get under. <laughs> like, got to go through. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, so that's it. <laughs> when he got through to Michael Jackson that's, that's a great yeah. like that's a great story though I know and it also, can you imagine like, doing that though Jesus no Christ. you can't because you would get AAA to like helicopter <laughs> in to do like it's a different world that's yeah. a different world yeah. and that that's charming that's a charming mm-hmm. story wow that's crazy yeah, I mean we talked well, about like, our grandparents a little bit before we went on air and yeah like my grandma I mean we they both grew, they, you know were around during the depression our grandmas both fucking like hoarded food just and stuff hoarded food yeah. uh, Pickled and jarred everything. Cellar full of shit she's never going to use. Uh, the, uh, it, yeah, like when we, I think a couple of years ago, went down there, this stuff no one had touched. It was like not going bad in a way, but it was covered in dust. It was like okay. no one would, in their right mind, would want to eat it. The point of hoarding the food is like really a last case scenario. And I think that's something weird that just kind of kept going. Yeah. Even through, again, we talked a lot about, you know, Bob Dylan is a part of an American century where Woody Guthrie sort of lived in the one right before it, right before all of the shit went down. And it's a that transition, you know, Woody Guthrie was obviously coming to age and obviously had a debilitating disease that really cut him off in his prime. But like for people like our grandmas, you know, it's like they sort of grew up in a certain way that then they never had to actually be like. Because American affluence was what it was for the most part, even on a very basic level. Um, but they kept that their whole lives, yeah, even through everything. They just don't spend money. They keep everything, save keep everything. Keep everything, save everything. Which isn't inherently bad. No. But, we could all do with being a less disposable country, less disposable yes. society. Uh, but you might not need to save that jar of pickles from 13 years ago. Yeah. There's things to learn and things not to learn. I think with everything, even with some of these songs, it's like... It, it, it almost feels like another world. It's like, in a way, it's a history lesson. But th- again, the stuff you glean from it are, are going to be very different for everybody. And so for me, I'm not looking – it's hard to imagine a life like that. I can imagine needing some of these skills and survival instincts that people have shown in some of these songs as being useful in kind of a different world. Yeah. And a world that's a lot darker than the world we live in now because to go back to something as bleak as the Dust Bowl, to go back to something as bleak as the Great Depression – and to become an Oki, you know, being a migrant worker, you know, in America. Um, we talk about migrant workers coming from Mexico now, but imagine a migrant worker from Oklahoma going to California. That was real. That was a real thing. And, you know, there's a song later called Vigilante Man about the vigilantes, which are you know, a huge part of uh, Grapes of Wrath, keeping the families like the Jodes out of California because – we don't need your kind here. We don't need your bumpkin asses, but we also don't need your migrant labor because we have everyone that we need. So get out of here. And throughout all the warning signs, and we have characters in this, you know, what is it? Um, Preacher Casey? Well, Preacher Casey's a thing, but there was one one of them that actually had a character saying, like, you don't – oh, no, Do-Re-Mi. Do-Re-Mi yeah. is, like, probably one of his more famous songs, period. But also, like, that's a warning song. Like, if you ain't got the Do-Re-Mi, the money, don't go. Lots of folks back east, they say, is leaving home every day, beating a hot old dusty way to the California line. Across the desert sands they roll, getting out of that old dust bowl. They think they're going to a sugar bowl, but here's what they find. Now the police at the port of entry say, 
you're number 14,000 for today. Oh, if you ain't got the do-re-mi, folks, you ain't got the do-re-mi. Why, you better go back to beautiful Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Tennessee. California is a garden of Eden, a paradise to live in or see. But believe it or not, you won't find it so hot if you ain't got the do-re-mi. Um, don't keep going to California because you are not go- it's not going to turn out well. And, you know, if this is like a retelling, if you will, of the Jodes and of Grapes of Wrath, and that's all sort of rolling at the same time, the Jode family lost two of their sons. They did not make it in the end. It was not a pleasant ending for them. And if they had heeded the advice of do re mi. But then again, if you heed the advice, it's that constant idea of America that if I did go to California, I could. Maybe I can get on a farm. Maybe I can save up the money. Maybe we can have a house. But we'll never know if I go back to Tennessee. I'll never know if I go back to Texas, back to the dust. That's very, 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 like, mythologically American. Yeah. And that's what makes this so powerful. We still have abject poverty now, and we still have situations where people can't find jobs. We don't have the mass exodus situation, though, which is definitely unique to this. And we also don't work the same way we used to. Um, We certainly still have farms, but you wouldn't have, I feel like, such a mass quantity of people who are specifically looking for farming work now right and that's also again changed with what we were talking about the american century it's a lot has changed in 70 years from what americans feel that they should be doing versus what they did do 70 years before which farming is not a labor that is it's sexy if you're doing it on a rooftop in brooklyn but it's not (laughs) sexy if you're in the middle of Iowa. You know what I mean? Right. So You just work for Monsanto, basically. And well, yeah, that's, that's the do. bleakness, or you're fighting up against something that almost feels so monolithic. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and that's the thing about small towns in the Midwest, that there is a, a level of grace to it, because those farmer markets are pretty vibrant. Yeah, I mean, like, Lawrence was one of the coolest places to be, because it's like you had like-minded people who were making, growing awesome things, mm-hmm. and coming to a place that wanted that stuff oh yeah they had the two here too yeah. right but you go 50 miles down the road they're going to walmart for their food right you know because that's what you do you know you're not going to a farmer's market yeah. uh, to see that like roadsides on back roads kansas you know i've driven every road across the state of kansas and there are places that try to keep that going and you see those billboards Bill- billboard is a is a rough term because it's really fine a huge okay. piece of like plywood that's painted on right. and it's and it, and then you just start thinking, like, how long has that been up there? Like, is that still a relevant sign, or is that something that's been now forgotten in time? And that starts to get kind of sad, too, because who was this one soul that wanted to try to enliven the, the prairies, which is something that I've noticed, too, driving across the country, listening to music and stuff like that. A lot of times it's just, like, mindless country music, like the worst kind of country music, and that's, like, it. Or like weird-ass AM stations, which are my favorite thing to listen to in the world on the prairies. <laughs> Although they kind of scare me a lot because it's just yeah. like weird cowboys talking about we're cowboy stuff. Uh... Or like cattle networks where they're just like... I think we're going to be... It's pretty dry in these feed yards, especially in the south and the southwest. They're getting along really good, so they're having tremendous feed lot performance. You've got a pretty good price. You've got cheap corn, so that's going to encourage people to keep cattle bigger. 
So I think even though we maybe have less cattle to slaughter, our meat supply is going to stay pretty much even. It was only like in Montana that I noticed like there was like a legitimate like NPR station uh, out there, like in the prairies, like serving a huge swath of what has to be the lowest amount of listeners possible for like a functioning national public radio service because when you go out to the middle of kansas and stuff you're not picking up you can't listen to npr you can't listen to those kind of stations they're gone from your dial it is just the mass clear channel shitty music being bombed into your car yeah. and it sucks and then you retreat to your own world and if your own world is woody guthrie great <laughs> but then <laughs> if it's not it could kind of suck who knows I don't know what that tangent was all about, but here we go. So let's, I mean, what other songs sort of stood out to you? I mean, the next song on there was Talking Dust Bowl Blues. I think a lot. Well, that's a song in particular I can hear a lot of, a couple of the songs that we've done, uh, Talking John Birch Blues, that Talking Blues, which yeah. we talked about a long time ago. I mean, Woody Guthrie is great at it. Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd, is that a real person? Yeah. Pretty Boy Floyd is actually a famous outlaw, but it, just like in the John Wesley Harding sense, in that... Pretty Boy Floyd is actually real. He's not John Wesley Harden, who was turned into Harding and sort of surrealized by Bob Dylan. This was another one where it is questionable how much of a Robin Hood Pretty Boy Floyd is. And I think it builds a mythology where it's like he robbed banks by like robbing them, burning them down, and like the mortgage records go with it. So it's like, eh, I guess there you go. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's one of those kind of scenarios. But even people dispute that stuff. Uh, history is one of... It's a cruel mistress. It, it, it kind of cuts down the bullshit that people want to believe. Uh, and this is one of those songs. Even we think about 1913 Massacre. That entire song hinges upon 73 or 76 children. I forget how many children dying in the mine. No children died in that. It was 76 normal adults Adult who died. People. Yeah, but when it's children, it's a that whole thing hinges upon, hey, isn't isn't Christmas great? Mm-hmm. Remember how kids love Christmas? They're dead now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and so that and we talk again about what is a songwriter's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Bob learned it from the best. Yeah. You know, the the song is more powerful when it's like that. Is it less true? What is truth? Well, that now we're talking about Are philosophy. we all children? Are we all children? Yeah, exactly. Or someone's child. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. So this is not real. So uh, he lived a he lived a life uh, that was viewed positively by the public, um, and locals protected him. He was known as the Robin Hood of Cookson Hills, Oklahoma. Mm. I think. Yeah. So yeah, he just um, sort of took took on that level, and nobody nobody wanted it to go away. And we all love our like our outlaws that are good. To us, our ambiguous like our ambiguous yeah. hero outlaw people, yeah. Dusty old dust. Uh, I know some of this stuff gets turned into children's songs later. I feel like this is one that I've heard the same melody for in something else. Yeah, this is another one. Yeah, you hear it, you're just like, I know this song yeah. so long. It's been, been good, good to, to know, know you. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a dark song too. It's just like <laughs> death in a dust storm. I mean, like. <laughs> I mean, everyone's just like, I'm leaving now. So long. Bye-bye. But it's also dark. Yeah, it's like, been good to know you. It's like, uh, I guess, has it really then been that good to know me? The churches was jammed and the churches was packed and that dusty old dust storm blowed so black. 
preacher could not read a word of his text and he folded his specs and he took up collection said so long been good to know you so long it's been good to know you so long it's been good to know you this dusty old dust is getting my home and i've got to be drifting along she's a little pointed yeah it's based on uh, carson robinson's ballad of billy the kid in the 1930s and guthrie just modified the lyrics for that one Uh, and the composition is considered one of uh, Guthrie's best songs, defining a style and demonstrating an increasing comfort with writing topical songs about the poor and downtrodden. Mm-hmm. And I think that does make a – it makes this song d- stand out because it is like these weird vignettes of of all these people in this town. You know, and we end with like the preacher like, oh, God is going to – nope, God's not. Give me some money. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, basically. Which is amazing. I love it. Then we have like Dust Bowl Blues blowing down – uh, blowing down the road, I ain't mm-hmm. gonna be treated that way. Yeah, I really liked. So, uh, Dust Bowl Blues is sad because he his wife died under six feet of dust. That's nuts. <laughs> but uh, blowing down this road, right? Yeah. Um, your two dollars sure shoe hurts my feet. Yeah. Right. It's just like it's such a good point in labor song mm-hmm. that um, it is. I like that I had like a call to action. Like I'm not gonna be treated this way. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's it's such. Oh, I fucking love the idea that these folk singers are the voice of fucking revolution because no one, no rando person you pull off the street that doesn't know anything about folk music in yeah. general would ever be like, oh yeah, that's 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 the punk rock yeah. of the fucking 19th century or 18, 20th century. 20th yeah. century, yeah. Early 20th century. Well, that's why people hate him today because like he's pro-union, which is something that, again, this part of the country should absolutely be on board with but are not because they'd rather be poor and bitch about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also like... Communist in a 1930 sense probably wouldn't even be close to a communist. He would definitely be a solid socialist. socialist yeah, absolutely. in the way that it's like that word again, just like communism, is a very t- loaded 20th century word that should have fallen with the end of the fucking Cold War. Like we and we did. I mean, Bernie Sanders is like you bring back democratic socialism. It's not such a dirty word anymore. But then you have people like Donald Trump and basically just repeating the 1930s all over again, where everyone's a fucking communist. Yeah. Everyone's but in this case now they're everyone's a communist. Everyone's a cultural Marxist. All this bullshit that you're churning up from the dregs of the world. And then you've got you know every terrorism is you know it's all everybody's black and brown. That's what we fear. It's not communist like it was back in the 20s. Although we hated black people then. Um, yeah, it's just it, – we're just rehashing American history. It's pathetic. Yep. And so it sucks. And so when you listen to this, I think there's a little tinge of that too when if you're listening to it with modern ears, you're just like, yeah, cool. Fuck yeah. Fuck your $2 shoe, man. I know. I love that. That was great. It's like I hate this $10, man. I need the $10 shoe yeah. to walk on this fucking earth and you're going to give me this bullshit $2 shoe. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And then we got – and really for me, those two songs and, and a lot of these songs express that desire to leave. Like, I mean, even with the shoes, it's like, what do you want shoes for in a way to get away? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, escaping the depression, escaping uh, the dust. Your $2 shoe hurts my feet. I said your $2 shoe hurts my feet. Your $2 shoe hurts my feet, Lord God, and I ain't gonna be treated this way. I ain't gonna be treated this way. I ain't gonna. 
gonna be treated this way. And I ain't gonna be treated this way, Lord God, I ain't gonna be treated this way. Tom Jared 1 and 2. It took me way too long to realize he was saying homicide? I know. Homicide. That was a great... Um, I was going to read an extended passage from Grace to Wrath, but I realized I probably couldn't couldn't do it straight live on air because it's it's written like that. It's okay. You know, because it's a poor Oklahoma family who like... And it's written in that kind of vernacular. It's written in that vernacular, yeah. Okay. Outside of Steinbeck's, you know, like describing stuff. But the yeah, the, all the words are... You know, all of the dialogue is, is like that. Yeah. Gotcha. Which is, which is great. Um, and, and so for me, like, again, taking this Buddha record, this is like the perfect middle because we've just heard everything about the Dust Bowl. And um, we're finally getting in our jalopy and we are driving to California. So this is like perfectly right here. Mm-hmm. I wonder how things go. Uh, not great. Grandpa not great. stayed behind. Uh, so Tom Joe found out that his family was gone. So they had already gone away or did they it's different die? yeah this is a well i don't know see that's what gets it that's where like i think there's a little bit of license because like when grandpa died it's like grandpa in the oklahoma and then grandma, grandma in california, california i mean i guess in theory it's like he died before and then over here but like in my head i was like that's not how geography works <laughs> <laughs> yeah they must be like we took grandma yeah. Yeah, exactly. to california yeah um they say track he says tractored out out by the cats is that what he says i have no idea found out his family been or he'd been They've been tracked out by the cats. That, I must, was be wondering. A, that must be a. I don't know what the fuck that was. Yeah. <laughs> but at least Grandpa got short ribs, coffee, and soothing syrup. I know. Right before he died. I would enjoy two of those three things. Do you think soothing syrup is like alcohol? Probably, oh, right? probably. Or some kind of a prairie drug. Who knows? <laughs> Milk of the pot. Although, think about it short ribs with coffee. I, anything with coffee for probably me. Probably just like whatever his favorite stuff was. I know, but coffee with anything is not good unless it's breakfast food. Yeah. Grandpa doesn't know. He didn't know. The, the pleasures of an IHOP. So is Tom Jode the like patron of the family or is he one of the sons? I, If I'm remembering right, he's one of the sons. Okay. Because it continues onward. Okay. Because it traces their entire s- story up to California. Okay. I read this in high school. So, so it's been a while. He went to prison for killing someone. Got out. Took a truck back to his place. He found out his family was gone. And then he, they, but then he gets reunited with his family somehow because, like, he oh. met a little muley and then they're taking grandpa. And you and really they, dug in. For me, well, I was just I, like, I this like is this. okay. I like no, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like this song, too. Yeah. I was just trying I to figure out we what the fuck was going on. Yeah, that's fair. No, I, I'm not an authority on <laughs> Grapes of Wrath. All that matters is that in part two we meet Preacher Casey. We do meet Preacher Casey, and it doesn't end well for him either. No. Anyways. Dory Me comes after that. We've already talked about yeah. that. And then we were a Dust Bowl refugee. I wonder, will I always be a Dust Bowl refugee? Yeah. And I think that's a fair question. And also just the word refugee is another loaded word in this world. And and migrant is another loaded word for racist reasons. And those words are here. They're up front and center. And I think it's challenging. Uh, and then I ain't got no home in this world. No more. Sad. Wife took down and died up on the cabin floor. God damn. <laughs> so much death. <laughs> yeah, Everyone's thematically, dying. I said thematically, this is where despair sets in and the wandering <laughs> begins. <laughs> Man, what a cheery, cheery topic. I mean, the, but the, the ditties themselves are definite ditties. Oh, I know, exactly. They're, they're just so, they're so like uplifting musically. 
and they just rip you apart. Was a farming on the shares and always I was poor. My crops I lay into the banker's store. My wife took down and died up on the cabin floor and I ain't got no home in this world anymore. It's mighty plain to see This world is such a great and a funny place to be All the gambling man is rich and the working man is poor And I ain't got no home in this world anymore It's postal service, yeah, that's crazy a vigilante man. We sort of got into it. So, yeah, vigilantes, which is crazy. Bridget Casey comes back. It's a die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Bridget Casey is from Graves of Wrath as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and that's where it started. Like, when I brought that up earlier, I was like, man, they're just telling Graves of Wrath. Like, <laughs> something I really didn't really look into. But, like, it this really is. is. Graves of Wrath. Yeah. So, like, yeah, sure. He was in prison. I don't know. Sure. I like uh, Dust Can't Kill Me because the song is basically, fuck you, Dust, I can't die. No, but then it's dark because like that uh, with Dust pneumonia is like basically in oh, the yeah. end, even if I found a semblance of like fineness, the dust got me in the end. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like I died regardless. Yeah, the, the song the is, fuck you, me. Dust, I can't die. And then the immediately, I got the Dust pneumonia blues. <laughs> and now I'm dead. <laughs> I threw a bucket of dirt in her face. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> just to bring her back to reality, I had to throw dirt in her face. I mean, bring, I'll bring it back. <laughs> well, like, woman, do you remember when we left Oklahoma? <laughs> this was what it was like every five fucking minutes. Oh, <laughs> dust in the face. Dust in your face. Uh, yeah, there you go. You know, it's like we can laugh about it. Seventy-five. It's all so fucked up. It's all so fucked up. It's really sad. It's it's really impacted uh, Great Plains life for an entire generation or two. So. You know, it's it's fascinating being younger people, the two of us, um, and even I don't know how many connections you have, but I certainly do. It'll be interesting to see because I know my cousins and stuff like they're not impacted by that at all. I mean, they're modern people, you know, say what you will or think about South Dakota and all of that in the world. They are absolutely modern people, modern everything. And part of that modernity comes from what happened after the Dust Bowl, which was scientists coming in, the government of Franklin Roosevelt, the CCC, these programs that, again, if you had somebody like a Herbert Hoover or like a uh, Charles Lindbergh that could have been or a fucking Donald Trump, the Dust Bowl would have been protracted. It would have kept going on. It would have never ended. It would have just been a place of the country that we don't go to anymore. Oh, yeah. We would pretend like we were going to – we're going to bring you power and potable water and we're going to like – Dig you some toilets that flush, but you would never actually do it. And that's the difference between, I think, the crap, you know, not that anything back then is something to look towards, but it is kind of insane that we live in a country where, like, we can't get anything done. Like, we're just a country of no. Whereas back then it was like, 
Let's actually tr- let's see if we can People fucking need get fucking help. Yeah, let's see if we can get fucking like water out here. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool as a country if we could extend power lines across everywhere? And it doesn't matter if you're rural or not. You're gonna have fucking power. Wouldn't that be fucking cool? Wouldn't that be something that we could say is uniquely American? Wouldn't it be cool if three million people that are American citizens in Puerto Rico could get their power restored yeah. when they and, and that's what's pathetic. Strikes. We we in, a, in the course of two and a half years we powered the entire United States. In five years we spanned twice the railroads across this entire enormous geographically fucked country and the fact that you can't do something as simple as that i mean and that was and that was highlighted before in like something like katrina where it's just oh, like yeah. how, how do you even how did not that, do those things yeah. like levees breaking and shit like that that's almost oh it's not okay but it's like okay if that happened there should be Response like this is a yeah we're not living in 1930 yeah. and in 1930 we did some crazy ass shit and so, like, the equivalent today for me is, like, let's get broadband out to these people. Let's get broadband. Oh, yeah. That's 25 megabits per second minimum, which would be – like, we have lower – we have lower across the country broadband um, megabits per second than, like, fucking, like, a couple of African countries. Yeah. You know, like, that's crazy to me that you know we're what? not doing that. And knowledge and community is what creates better people and better neighbors. Exactly. And the internet brings that to people. Yeah, it brings education. That it brings are physically – like by geography, geographically separated. Yeah, we could have so much. And and I think something like the Dust Bowl Blues, if anything, if you're if you're listening to this and sitting down with it, of course you're tapping your feet, you're getting into it. But there's a whole lot of isolation, and there's a whole lot of really bitter despair and sadness in these songs. Oh yeah. And I think he captures all of that. And I think for anybody, including Woody Guthrie, would say, I, I you know, he said he wrote he writes songs even about these things so that people feel hope and they feel. That 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 these that there was something to be learned from everything that happened before. Inspiration. And I think if he were to see kind of where we are, and it, just in the way that we're talking about it, I don't think I think he would be pretty disappointed, yeah. as, as you should be, because we are capable of better things. And you know, not saying that everything that happened right afterwards was like wine and roses, but you got to try something. You got to try something. Have an idea and then try to do it. And don't just sit and hoard your wealth and pretend like this is America. Because you're not really a part of America if you're not putting that money in and doing your fucking work to make other people's lives better. Yeah. Do what Woody Guthrie would do. Sing about it. Make art. Be awesome. So anyways, final final thoughts on on this really great piece of art. It's... It sucks that uh, we're going to be a hundred years removed before you know it from and, his death. And well, oh, from the Dust Bowl, yeah, yeah, nineteen thirty, yeah. And we've we're just doing the same shit. We're just like, what are you singing about the same things that are a hundred percent relevant today as they were then in the forties? And like, yeah, that's so sad and sickening. Like talking about fascists aren't they're going down. We're not. We're gonna fucking put an end to them. Like that's that song's not on no. this album, but but fascists walk our streets now. Yeah, and it's just like, and maybe this is how it's always been, and that's the yeah. thing that it's hard to reckon with because I think for anybody, especially in a modern age where you have full access to everything, and like, and that means like the power to organize and, and get together and and 
put on things, the people who are against this type of shit, yeah, need to come together in a way that's like unprecedented to what came before. Yeah, that's why the internet. Is, that, that's a great point. And that's point. the thing about the internet yeah. that should be, and that's why people don't want to make it free. They don't want to make it fully accessible because those ideas are. What if we could organize? Yeah, because corporate interests don't want you to organize. You know, and that's the thing. That's why people hate Woody Guthrie because everyone wants to be a CEO to be controlling and demanding. That's why you work with people who love to go on their little tiny power trips for the type of job that you work on and you hate that person. Well, secretly, I think a lot of us want to be that person. And I think if you let that go and you stop caring about that bullshit and start caring about other people who are less, you know, advantaged than you, this world could be a better place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Help each other. Learn from history. Exactly. Learn from history. Learn from the Dust Bowl. So there's a lot of great books out there, too. Talk to your grandmas and grandpas. Ask them. Why you can, man. Yeah. Ask them about the Dust Bowl. Ask them about their their family in the Dust Bowl. I mean, at the very least, they'll know about their, you know, their their moms and dads who lived through the Dust Bowl. So, yeah, let's get that history, at least for your own self, um, to learn where you came from. So do that. Make it feel real. I think we have this detachment that when you learn from something third hand. But if you have your, your grandparent or an older person that you know... Yeah. That's still mentally there, like to give you that in your face, I think is way more impactful. Absolutely. And you know what you should also do? If you're musically inclined, write a concept album about the Dust Bowl and about sure. listening to Woody Guthrie oh, yeah. singing the Dust Bowl blues and then talk some more about today and try to get people involved out there in the world. So that's the end of this mixed up confusion. What a ride it's been. It's been a rough week. It's been obviously rough with everything happening in the world. Song to Woody was a was a low key um, disaster. Tri-fest? Yeah, in our hearts, <laughs> and uh, the Dust Bowl is just you laugh through the pain. Yeah. So good! What a great music week we've had, and what a terrible week America has had. Yes, absolutely. And next week we promise it will be different. So on Monday you're going to be hearing the incredible, the absolutely brilliant. I shall be free. We will be laughing it up, having a great time. And, uh, and then we'll come back to you for Mixed Up Confusion for week two of our Woody Guthrie month. So we will see you then. We are a real podcast. You can find us at SOTWpod.com. At SOTWpod, we're going to be posting Woody Guthrie stuff and Bob Dylan stuff and all kinds of things for the entire month. So deal with it. <laughs> and if you like Woody Guthrie, click some get, get that like button going. I don't know. F- share. Follow with um, – tell your friends to follow us. Tell your mom, tell your grandma that we did an episode on the Dust Bowl. Grandma, I listened to this podcast. They told me to have a conversation with you. By the way, do you follow them on Twitter? How hard is that? How hard is that? And grandma's like, no, I low-key follow everyone on Twitter. Let me get SOTW pod on here. Let me get them. And then she's just laughing out loud. uh, We will retweet a grandma. We totally would. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. All right. Um, Take care of yourself. Don't be nice to each other. Get industrial farming equipment and try to rip up the topsoil around your apartment complex. It's all about crop rotation. Crop Farm rotation. responsibly. Yes. Carrots and then beans and then you're done. No more. <laughs> Let it grow back into the type of grass that will get those nutrients sucked into the earth. That's right. Let the earth enjoy a little bit of sustenance as well. Yes. Stop being fucking greedy out there, people. <laughs> Stop being greedy. Keep your tractors on. Stun. Right? It's like set your phaser beams. Oh, Jesus. Set your tractor beams. Tra- your tractor's headlight beams to okay. stun. All right. All right. We're out of here. Uh. We'll see you on Monday for I Shall Be Free. We shall be free. Good night.
I worked in your orchards of peaches and prunes Slept on the ground in the light of your moon On the edge of your city you'll see us And then we come with the dust and we go with the wind California and Arizona, I make all your crops And it's north up to Oregon, together your hops Dig the beets from your ground, cut the grapes from your vine To set on your table your light sparkling wine Green pastures of plenty, from dry desert ground From that grand coulee dam where the water runs down Ever stayed in this union, us migrants have been We'll work in this fight and we'll fight till we win Well, it's always we ramble, that river and I All along your green valley I'll work till I die My land I'll defend with my life if it be Cause my pastures are plenty